Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I am in the studio with Rosie. Rosie, how you doing, my brother? I'm good, dude. I'm wearing my Tupac cow shorts. Tupac. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. I, I didn't. I didn't notice. Let me see. So they look like cow print? Oh, yeah. It's got two... Tupac. <laughs> is that Pepsi logo on the bottom? What is that? Oh, it says something about justice. <laughs> Those are it awesome. It says poetic justice. Oh, poetic justice. That's so Tupac, man. I don't know where I got these. I just found them in my house. <laughs> Dude, those are those are awesome. Yeah, I love them. They're very comfy. Yeah, I mean, who else wears shorts and it's twenty five degrees out? <laughs> I do. Exactly. All year round. All year round. Oh man. Uh, I get weird looks when I um, am like cleaning my car off with snow. Right. I'm wearing my Uggs and shorts. <laughs> People in the neighborhood, they look at me weird. But you like the cold. I do. Yeah, I hate the cold. So yeah. where you're wearing shorts, I'm actually wearing like a hoodie yeah. and a long sleeve shirt under it. And, you know, like like it's cold outside. Because yeah. it is, because it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's I mean, I keep, right now my house has been at uh, anywhere between 58 and 60 degrees. That's okay. how I keep it. 58 oh my gosh well first of all my wife would my wife wouldn't be able to handle that and second of all my kids would probably sneak down and turn it up they, yeah. they do that a lot i have to put like a lock on it on the heater the, yeah the thermostat. My, my cats don't do that they cats <laughs> and they have fur so they're feeling good yeah they're right? fine yeah they're feeling good you know what let me um let me make an adjustment here while we're talking i'm sorry about that this is needs to go up a little bit here is that better? Can you hear that now? Yeah. Good. I wasn't coming through strong there. Sorry about that. Um, hey, before you do, did you know? Yeah. I have to read a, a message that we got from okay. on Facebook. <laughs> it says, I Googled the podcast and it's plain, but it's about Saddam and porn. How gross. <laughs> so to the listener, this person, you have to listen through the first couple minutes because we just get caught up and we do Rosie's like world renowned <laughs> did you know segment. And uh, so you have to listen past that. And it doesn't it doesn't just because we're sharing about Saddam Hussein being asked to do or or someone who was trying to talk a guy into doing porn who looked like Saddam Hussein yeah. <laughs> which is the previous did you, actually was that the did you know from like uh the Nephilim one we did. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to go hear that, did you know, you should go back and listen to it. It's actually hilarious. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, honestly, the did you knows are, are, are a little bit of comic relief because sometimes our, our episodes are, are heavy, you know? Yeah. So, but in that case, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch. Oh, cool. I just pulled a bunch because they're fun. Okay. So the first one, uh, did you know that in, uh, when was it? 1992, a mayor of a town was checking on a sewer and she fell in and drowned. She was a sitting mayor. I just thought it was funny that she drowned in poo poo. Was it was it Lori Lightfoot? <laughs> no, I wish. She looks like Sorry, she no died. I don't. She looks like she died. She looks like she, uh, she looks like Beetlejuice. She does look like Beetlejuice. I was gonna say like uh the Crypt Keeper from Tales of the Crypt. <laughs> I mean she just looks like she's you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, we're going to get sued by Lori Lightfoot. Dude, I could only wish. <laughs> don't say that. That would be cool if she sued us. No, it wouldn't. I don't have anything. Dude, she's ugly. <laughs> I don't either. They're not going to get anything then. I'll be put into slave labor. 
<laughs> forced labor to forced labor to pay my debt <laughs> to Lori Lightfoot. To Lori Lightfoot. I don't. I'm not believe. Uh, so she, this mayor, she fell into a hole in a sewer and, and she, drowned. She was looking into a septic tank. Uh, here, oh, I found. Uh, what a horrible way to die. Yeah. Said so, uh, oh you're going to feel even worse about it. This is in Maryland. Oh. Uh, she was the sitting mayor. So it said Betterton's 70 year old. She's seven. Oh. 70-year-old woman mayor drowned Thursday. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. While cleaning a sewage treatment tank, a job she has done free of charge for many years. What? Free of charge? Who yep. does that job for free? Someone who's really into poop. <laughs> a mayor shouldn't be cleaning it out. The only thing that would have made it worse if she was, like, disabled like yeah. a 70 year old disabled mayor who was working in a charity to clean out a septic tank for uh, you know orphans fell in and drowned yeah and i'm making fun of her i feel bad about laughing now but <laughs> the way that i saw it phrased was funny yeah all right well here's a better one <laughs> all, right. all right why did you know the real reason behind uh the lewis and clark investigation like the whole expedition to the west yeah okay so they were sent on behalf of Thomas Jefferson to get beaver skins to find mastodons. Mastodons. He honestly believed that there were still mastodons in the United States. Cool. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? What would they have done? We're talking about like the woolly mammoth, right? Yeah, yeah, like a big like one like that, yeah. Okay. Dude, that would have been amazing. Yeah, he was super obsessed with mastodons. So it said <laughs> Yeah, for real. Jefferson carried out a lot of eccentric science, scientific experiments in his home in Monticello, mm -hmm. but mastodons were one of his more unusual interests. He believed there were still mastodons roaming the unexplored West in North America, and he desperately wanted to find them. His passion included covering the White House floor with mastodon bones. <laughs> like a kid spreading out Halloween candy, and his interest in mastodons <laughs> helped him form the basis for mod modern paleontology. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, they're supposed to be, um, I read recently that they, and in, it's either Russia or China, mm -hmm. go figure, um, they're trying to, they have DNA from a woolly mammoth. They're trying mammoth. to bring it back, yeah. They're trying to bring the woolly mammoth back. They should. Do you think that's a good idea? No. I don't think so either. It never works when you play God. Right. Especially not them. Well, I mean, what what made it go extinct? Was it hunted out? No. What do you know. think? Because, I mean, it's is it technically a dinosaur? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if it's a dinosaur, then they didn't exist. <laughs> I was waiting for you. I, yeah. I baited you for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, if he had bones of them yeah, they've in got the 1700s. Bones. Then... Well, they found, they found one in Russia up in the tundra, and it was completely frozen. Oh, so it was like preserved with yeah. the fur like the wool fur on it still and everything it had like the long hair it was pretty cool yeah i remember seeing i remember seeing that too that was like probably 10 years ago i remember seeing news articles about it yeah fake news it's all fake it's all dinosaurs fake. aren't real <laughs> all right i got one last one okay this is uh so dmx rest in peace avoided <laughs> maximum jail term for tax fraud after playing the judge his song slipping <laughs> so it said listen to this dm so this is in the past tense it's an old article 
DMX has been sentenced for committing tax, eva- tax evasion to the tune of $1.7 million. Wow. Awesome. I hope that I get to be in a point of that I can commit tax, of, of, tax, fraud. tax fraud of $1.7 million. How much do you think that was what he owed yeah. based on what he made? Yeah. Cool. Gosh. So, yeah. what he, so he probably made like $10, $20 million. Probably. Yeah. Wow. Or, I mean, when you're actually in a tax bracket like that, you're paying a lot more. You're paying yeah. like 40%. 40%. If, yeah. if you're smart, you're not. But yeah, he got caught. Didn't sound like he was that smart. No. He didn't pay any of it. He <laughs> got in the zero bracket. Yeah. So this, this, so this is what happened. It said prosecutors had been pushing for the 47-year-old rapper, real name Earl Simmons, to be handed the maximum jail term of five years. But before sentencing, DMX convinced, convinced the judge to listen to his 1998 single, <laughs> Slippin', to illustrate the struggles he has faced in life. DMX and his entourage reportedly nodded to the beat of the track of the courtroom, <laughs> which... Uh, Opens with the lyrics. I'm not gonna, I can't, I literally can't say any of it because <laughs> it's bad. I don't um, have a beep. <laughs> yeah. It says, uh, yeah, so that got him off because he basically like played this song and it talks about how hard life was for him. <laughs> so the judge is just like, ah, yeah, all right, you're good. That was it. Yeah. So it said, playing the track as well as DMX admitting his guilt seemed to have an impact on Judge Rakoff who sentenced DMX to one-year prison sentencing. He was a good man that had been his own worst enemy. So he... All right, hold on one second. Yeah. He commits tax fraud. Yes. Doesn't pay... Tax evasion. Tax evasion. For To the tune of one point... What? <laughs> Seven million. So more than a more million and a half dollars. Yeah. And all he gets is a year in jail? Yeah. He didn't have to pay back the taxes? I'm or? not sure. It didn't say that. But I think... No, I think it was just for a sentence. Because he could have got five years. Yeah. Wow. And I bet you that even got commuted a little bit because he probably had served time, like, you know, waiting for trial and good behavior. And Yeah. Wow. Well, that's crazy. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Here it says at the bottom. In addition to a year in prison, DMX has been ordered to pay back a $2.3 million <laughs> fine. So I guess it didn't work out. But but you said he's dead, right? He's dead now. He died of, uh, quote, unquote, COVID last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember hearing that. And his family came out and they're like, they made him get vaccinated and oh really yeah who made him get vaccinated because he died of a heart attack oh. and he had like found god like oh, he came wow. back he was like sober and all that yeah the That's rise and fall of dmx dmx wow rough riders yo yo i remember he's like he's like one of the ogs yeah they were like one of the original gangster rappers that like when i remember when he his rise mm-hmm. he had the row, row, row. yeah like the raspy and the he always <laughs> yeah. had the, the pit bull with him and stuff mm-hmm yeah, I remember all that. I like DMX a lot. He was cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, those were cool did you knows. Yeah. And, you know, on that whole thing about DMX dying in taxes, it's like there's only two sure things, death and taxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Taxation is theft. Yeah. But death is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not theft. <laughs> no. In it's... fact, the judge's um, approach to the situation was actually... Uh, sort of like what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, that's a good... See? See? I, 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 little, I'm playing a little 5D chess up here. <laughs> little segue. Start off with old woman falling in a poop and drowning <laughs> in poo-poo. And getting forgiven. Getting forgiven. A little bit, yeah. All right. Well, Anyways. 
we're gonna we're gonna talk about that on the flip side of this. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm digging. I always love our intro music. It's very good. Yeah, it's fun. Well, so, uh, dude, we have a great episode. We're going to talk about the topic of grace. Yes. And it's actually, this is your idea. Yeah. And so, and then when I was thinking about it, I, I thought, you know, we should actually do... We haven't done a real theological... Uh, we haven't done a lot of theology ones in a while. Like, yeah. we did the End Time series there for a while, and we were doing some other stuff. We did the Rapture series, and mm-hmm. um, but but um, we haven't... And we did do back in episode 33, maybe, was it? 33, Ooh. with the, um, the whole um, Calvinism, Arminianism, yeah. Yeah. you know, all that. So um, it's been a while, though, and, and you... You brought this topic up, and I thought, man, you know, we haven't done one. I thought maybe we could even do a series mm-hmm. of theological topics. So this is the first one, and what will look what looks like it's going to be a series. Yeah. Um, before I jump into that, though, I did want to mention mm-hmm. there was something that we've been kicking around an idea for, and um, so this is the way it works. I have um, through our podcast host, um, I have fifty private podcast. Uh, links, RSS feeds, and um, I can make those available as private podcasts. And basically, it would work this way. If somebody wanted to be on that private podcast list, uh, they would email me their email address, and then what I would do is email them back the link, and then they would have that link to place into their podcast player, and then they would have a private podcast link that would not be part of like what you're listening to right now, which is the public Apple, Spotify, all that. It would be exclusive. It's what they call a private podcast. And I thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool if, you know, after all these four years, almost four years, we've been doing this podcast that, you know, we've always, we've always funded this through ourselves, you and me. It's like, you know, one year you'll pay for something next year, I'll pay for something. Um, And we just kind of patched worked it together over the years and it's it is what it is, and it's a labor of love. We mm-hmm. enjoy it, um, but there's some things that we think might help us, and um, and also just maybe recoup a little bit of our investment over the last couple of years. Because you know these microphones are expensive, and this this soundboard is is not cheap. And I need a new car. <laughs> new car, <laughs> yeah. Like Joel Osteen, baby. I can't be seen. Uh... <laughs> Your bet, your bet my life, car. right? Yeah. <laughs> your bet life now. <laughs> no cap. Oh, no cap. But I, I, I will tell you this, that, um, so I had an idea. If you are uh, someone who's been listening to the podcast for for f- the, the duration, or maybe you're a new listener and you just really, re- you really are blessed by what you're, you've, your ears have heard. For the record, this is very awkward for us and we've been yes. putting it off. It's very awkward. In fact, we've gone back and forth a lot. Yeah, Rosie and I just had like an hour long conversation. Long, longer it was than a, <laughs> about the rollout and how this should look and all that. And so here's, I'll just, all right, it's be, just rip the bandaid off. Here, I'll do this. Do it. I want to sell these private podcast links, each one 
We have 50 available. I want to sell them for $40. And what the value that you get for that is that you will have access to private podcasts that will not be made public for you and your ears only. And we will, in addition to our normal podcasting that we do throughout the year, we will at, at have an additional 20 to maybe 30 um, episodes that will be given directly to that link. And there will be separate episodes. Some of them will be special guests that we won't put on our normal podcast. Some of them will be um, maybe even par- personal testimonies. Mm-hmm. Some of them will be even um, if we can get our guests to, ex- to agree to an extended interview. And we can go con- kind of like after the podcast interview yeah. where we can de- we can like um, – uh, what is, what, deconstruct. The, deconstruct. There you go. Deconstruct the podcast or ask questions or whatever. And we can even have topics that might get us banned on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, which is like the first one we're going <laughs> to, that we have planned. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, so anyways, this is what we're, we're thinking of. And it, it's and the way I like to do it. It's, it's something that I learned from um, the pod father, Adam Curry, mm-hmm. which a lot of our listeners probably know it's value for value. So if you get value out of this podcast, this is an opportunity for you to show your value by by blessing us and helping us. And the funds that we receive, we're going to take the take those funds and help uh, underwrite the cost to keep this going because there is a cost that's involved and upgrade some of our equipment. And there's a couple other things that we might do. Rosie would probably get a car. Yeah. I don't know how you know. I was doing the math. It's going to be a pretty cheap car. Is it a? I just have a bicycle right now, so you guys should feel really bad. You should pay. He can't even buy pants. He's I wearing shorts I, in twenty degree weather. That's very true. So help Rosie get clothes in help a car. Clothes, clothe Rosie. Help clothe Rosie. <laughs> you know Jesus said to clothe the poor. People, the poor. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, anyway, so that's our announcement, and if you're interested in that. Um, we, we, we're going to give more details soon. And so I would suggest on Instagram or Twitter, that's where we're going to be social media wise, or you can, you can email all out war podcast at protonmail.com. And, uh, you can email us there all out war podcast at protonmail.com. And it's 50 spots. It's just a small selection. I think what what were we going to call this uh the private edition or private You said the warcast, right? Yeah, the warcast. Yeah. That was a, so we would call the private ones the warcast and then they would be private episodes. Yeah. So you would get those. So anyways, that's what it is. And and who knows, maybe no one would want to do it. Maybe they're like, "Yeah, I'm hanging on here barely. So why would yeah. I want to give you $40?" Yeah. And we're going to be uh, you might be asking, you've been kind of sporadic lately. Right? We have. Um but we're not like we're not gonna. No, that was something that we're very adamant about is that we will not. You won't like if you don't do that. That's cool, and we're gonna be transparent. We're not a five hundred one c three or anything right. like that. But it's like not to make up any money. Like it'll be like you know, this is how much money we have. This is where it went. Right. Complete transparency, that yeah. kind of stuff. We have nothing to hide. Ho- you know, hosting costs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that this normal podcast, this is we're not pushing you to do that. It's not. It's whatever. You know, if you want to do it, we're probably going to do it. We like doing the podcast anyways, so it's going to be up there. And if you want to hear what we are going to talk about, you can go ahead and do that. Um, yeah. But uh, 
What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, this <laughs> podcast will not suffer for it. That's like a big thing. Yeah. This, so, again, don't feel obligated. If you do want to help, you know, help out the podcast, then here's one way we are trying to think of. Is there any way that we would be sleep at night, you know, feeling okay about? And because we give you extra content, if you like the content we're giving yeah. you, it'll be that. Yeah. So. And, um, yeah, so that's the thing. And if this private, I don't, it's not really like a Patreon or a paywall. It's literally just a private podcast link. And if this, if we get an overwhelming amount, like if I get like a hundred people that want to do it, then there's the re, the real possibility that we could actually expand that, um, you yeah. know, in the future. And so we're just testing it out. Yeah, it's just sort of a test out. You get to be a guinea pig, but it's to your benefit. And I think I did the math. It was like if we do. My goal is to do like a minimum of 20 extra episodes, yeah. just 20 dedicated to the private on top of what we normally do. Yeah. It comes out to like $2 per episode. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cheap. I mean, you can't even get a gallon of gas for cheaper than that. No, you can't. It's like twice that. It's like $4 a yeah, gallon. Almost. So depending on what grade you buy. Yeah. I, yeah. Have, I had to downgrade to the, the 88 or whatever it is, the that's 87. Right. Yeah. That's all I use. But when I bought my car, they were like, do not use, you got to use the high test because your engine's designed for it. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And then the prices kept going up and up and up. And I was like, well, I'm going to just go down to the mid grade. And then they went up again. And I was like, well, I'll just stick with, and then it, I I, I put about 40,000 miles a year on my car. Yeah. So it's a lot of gas, a lot of gas money. Yeah. So my point is it's a good value. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so that's the special announcement. Okay, let's talk about the podcast, what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, let's Thank, get... Thanks for sticking with us for 20 minutes before we even get into it. I know yeah. we're going to get comments 20 minutes in and they still haven't talked about it. I, I can see the YouTube yeah. you know, comments, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, we're, the issue and the topic that you wanted to bring up was let's have a discussion about the topic of grace. Grace versus works, yeah. Grace versus works. Because yeah. I've been, I was going to say, here's another tease. I have been recently reading prep for the private the first series of private stuff and yeah. uh some different kind of theological stuff i don't want to give anything away yeah but yeah was kind of thinking about this idea of grace versus works works-based salvation however that looks mm-hmm. you know and how christians deal with it and i was talking to someone uh she you know who you are. When I say I was talking with someone and she'll know who she is, oh. uh, here's your shout out. And she brought up a great point that it was uh, that the topic of just grace is like very, it's very tricky to like, it's not always addressed very well Yeah. in church. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it's it's one of those things that, I mean, I, I we were talking before the podcast and I was bringing up something and you're like, oh, well, actually that's. There's two different things, you know, like stuff that I didn't even consider about it. And uh, so there's a lot more to it, even though I would say it's a sim- a very simple concept. But there's a lot to it. Like the simple concept is like you can't you're. I mean, what what's your basic definition of grace? There's a better one. So so that's where you have to break it down on what's the application Oh, well, this this is what I was going to say. Like, just the idea of grace, how it explained to someone, and then you can break it down, because I was going to say, this is my layman's dumb person. Uh, 
is that uh, like so the whole thing about graceless works is I would just say like no maybe it's kind of a Calvinist thing but it's like no I like the only way I can be saved is because God gave me a way to be saved. Okay. Like there's nothing I can do to be saved. I can't save myself. Right. That's it. But you can't save yourself. Right. Can't save myself. Perfect. And God, through sending His Son Jesus Christ, who died, rose again, and is living. Yeah. Um, that's how we get grace. Right. Right. But that—that that was my layman's way of there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. Right. Basically. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. So this is interesting because this topic is—it's um, been debated through church history yeah. for years, and um, the grace of God is one of the most beautiful aspects of his display of love that I can think of. It really is. Mm -hmm. And like I used to have a definition of grace saying, uh, grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mer yeah. Mercy is, oh, is not getting what you do deserve. So, for instance, the not getting what you do deserve, having mercy, it'd be like Tupac like, or a DMX's judge mm -hmm. saying, you deserve to go to a prison for five years, but I'm not going to give you that. I'm going to give you a year. So he had mercy on DMX. Grace is when you go to court and the and you show up and you deserve to go to court. You deserve to go for, for five years to get thrown in jail. And he's like, I'm not even going to hear your case today. And I'm going to give you money on top of it. Right. Oh, yeah. And your $1 million fine has been covered. Yeah. It's getting what you don't deserve. You know, even though you're guilty, you, you get what you don't deserve. And this is the thing. I used to, uh, my wife, it was so weird that we were, that the day that you messaged me, um, my wife, which she never does this, she quoted something I said in a sermon and put it on her Facebook and it came up as a memory. Yeah. So, but it was something I said about grace and, and I remembered it because I saw it recently, but it's grace goes to the messy places. Hmm. And this is the part that is, it can get, when I talked about the application, like, what do you mean by application? So I break it down in two different ways that, and there's probably more, and I'm sure some people who are more theologically inept would, would, would take me to task on this. But I like to break it down into two basic categories. There's general grace from God, which is the people that don't even serve him are still given opportunities to have a life and they're given breath in their lungs and they have a job and they have food in their stomach. And, you know, for the most part, they exist because God's general grace over creation. And then there's salvific grace or grace of salvation, which comes at the cost of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So the other grace is like an overflowing grace of God, where because he is loving, because he is merciful and he is gracious he will extend even to his enemies those that curse him uh breath in their lungs and opportunities to still exist you know i was gonna say it, it's almost uh, just interesting when you're saying this that i was thinking of like the the attributes of god uh and just go with me on this is like he is loving and he can't be unloving because he is love. Like right. there is no love aside from him. You know. Do you know what I mean? Like right. no. we, we would have no concept if it, we have concepts or, or attributions. They all go back to God. God's attributions, and they're all good because there cannot be His perfection of all of these attributes, right? 
So I was going to say, it's interesting that, like, because he is pure 100% love with no flaws in any sense of it, that it's like, it's just so overspilling because he just inhabits this place that it just rubs off on other people almost. Like, I don't want to say, I hate saying God can't do something because I don't want to be heretical, but it's like, well, here's a perfect thing. If he wasn't love in the purest sense of, you know, everything, and he wasn't, it just goes to the character of God as well, not just aside from his attributes, is that he could just not hold back certain grace yeah. from, he could hold back general grace against, like, there could be terrible, like, everyone that's not saved could just have a terrible life, and Christians could be the only ones that, you know, you get saved, you you know, you're saved by grace, we could have a great life. You know what I mean? He yeah. could allow that to happen. You know, it's one of those things where, why do I see these unmarried people, or not unmarried people, unsaved people? <laughs> well, no. unmarried in the sense that they're not the bride of Christ. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, that in the same way where it's like, well, this person's a Buddhist and they're super successful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you, you could look at certain things where it's like they seem to have a good life. Their family seems to be really good. They have, you know, those atheist people, they always like to point to. Right. The nice, friendly atheists, they have a good life, all this stuff. That's general grace. Right. That, like, an airplane doesn't fall down, like, out of the sky and crush them, you know? Right. (laughs) That's not a good example. But, you know, just the fact that they're still alive apart from him. Yeah. And I was just going to say, it's interesting to think that he just almost can't help but, like, spread just like picture like uh, arms holding back water and the water is grace and he just is like enveloped all of it. And so they get collateral damage yeah. in the good way of the good grace. Yeah. And, and so and I want to read a verse from you. This is the most famous grace verse. It's Ephesians yeah. two eight, right? This is in re- relation to salvation grace. And uh, this is out of the new living. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. And I love, you know, this is one thing that the Calvinists, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I don't attest that I'm a, a five-point Calvinist, but I, I'm, like I am with flat Earth, I'm Calvinist friendly. Yeah. And um, there are some doctrines of Calvinism that that are very biblical, and I agree with 100. percent And one of them is this: is that God grants the gift of forg- of grace to with the ability to forgive. Right. Like you were mentioning that the, on the onset, and Paul. Paul makes it clear there, and he says, it's not you. You can't even take credit for this. Mm-hmm. And I just love that because it is a gift of God that he gives. We don't deserve it, but he gives it. And he gives it regardless of how evil, wicked, and how disgusting our hearts are, how how perverted, how, whatever, sinful we are. He extends it out to us as um, because, and this is the thing, it's all rooted in that love. He wants us to be one with him. He wants us to know him personally. And so what happens is is you have the contrast of, of this grace, which is the works side, which says, no, you have to be a certain way, do a certain thing, live a certain way, believe a certain thing, talk a certain way, and then God will grant you forgiveness because you've earned it based on your works or your effort or your merit. Yeah, And so it, it contradicts the the testimony of God through Paul and the Ephesians and 
as you were talking about before the podcast, there's displays of grace even in the Old Testament, yeah, which are wonderful. And so um, you see it both in the Old and in the New, but it's ratified at the cross, and then in the New Testament, it's exploited as this is the way. You know, like uh, right. what's that? What's the uh, Boba Fett or whatever? Is, this is the this way. Is the way. Yeah. yeah. Or the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, this is the way. Grace is the way. And uh, and it, but the thing is, and this is where it gets tricky, because God, and this is where I think it gets hard for some Christians. And I've been in these circles of Christians where it's like, um, yes, God forgives you, but but if you slip back into some sort of sin or you struggle in some area, are you really living in the grace of God, or are you abusing the grace of God? But I would say this, that anyone who's saved by grace is abusing the grace of God, because Paul said it's not by your, you don't have any right to boast. You can't boast. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with him. Does that make sense? Yeah, but no, just like the what you just had said is that every person that's covered by grace doesn't deserve how did you just say it right before you quoted Paul? Um, or, uh, no one deserves it. Everyone abuses it. Everyone abuses it. Yeah, because we're humans. I mean, that's right. the thing is inerrant. Like, there is nothing. The, the there's no good works. Like, that's that's the whole thing. There's no no keep there, nobody because God is perfect, and if we're going to be with Him, we He can't be around perfection. Or imperfection, because his perfect, just like, this sounds very cliche, it's a cliche, light, darkness can't exist where the light is. The, like, we can't be around it, we would just be destroyed, because all of the imperfections. Right. And even the single smallest thing that, like, what you were talking about, like, oh, you struggle with this, or, you know, something like that, even, I mean, this is kind of, Christianity 101 stuff with this, you know, if we just were to say one lie and everything else we did in our entire life, but we lied one time, in God's eye, we sinned. Oh, yeah. And we do not deserve, we deserve to be, we're enemies. Separated. Of, we're yep. enemies from him. We cannot exist with him. We yep. cannot exist with him in, in the, the state, even just from because in, to, to, add, to build yeah, on that, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off no, there. No. Like sin is missing the mark, right? right? So you think of a target and a, the bullseye is the perfection. Um, and God is in that perfection, right? So if you miss the mark, you're off. Even if you're just outside that little line, you know, you're still outside that line. So whether you're outside the line by a millimeter or by 18 miles, yeah, it's the same. You're still yeah. outside the mark. And that imperfection cannot coexist with perfection because perfection by the definition alone is that if anything imperfect is with it, then it makes it imperfect. Right. Right? So like, if I'm getting what you're saying. And that's why grace is amazing because no one deserves it. Everyone has missed the mark. Everyone's coming to it at the same level. I think the rub comes when after people are in in Christ, the, the grace of God has forgiven them. They've come to him. They've received forgiveness of their sins. And and I think after the fact is where Christians get in trouble, where they like put this works-based, like, okay, so is my salvation held in my morality? Is it held in my ethical standard? Is it, is it held in my application and, and, like, you know, the biblical fidelity of my life? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say, that the Christian uh, thing, uh, you know, uh, Jesus said, you know, by... Uh, 
I was going to say, this is like how Christians beat each other up, right? For sure. Because it's like the whole thing uh, Jesus said, you know, and this is the whole case of, they love pointing to this. Um, I'm not sure what, I can't remember what book it's in when Jesus says, you know, everyone knows this. Uh, you know, uh, you'll know them by their their, their fruits. Right. Like you'll know if someone's saved by the fruits that they produce. Right. And, you know, uh, an evil tree cannot produce good fruit right and, you know this whole thing so that's the the idea where the christians the superiority towards other people um inside the church you know we don't have grace to give to others but yeah this superiority of like oh that person cusses or they I, you know i don't cuss because i value grace more you know what i mean okay is that is that where you're um, going with it? That's well, I... I think I think people get confused with um, so w- once a person finds salvation yeah. and they're plugged in and they're they're in the family of God, I think that there's a tendency to um, and turn back on yourself, your salvation, uh, standing with God based on your behavior. And yes, you. So being a fruit inspector, like you're talking about, is important. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what they call it. Basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a fruit inspector. But the the what's interesting to me is that the more the bigger emphasis that Christ put on all of us is that we focus on ourselves more than yeah. others. So the whole not in general, but I mean, like in terms of our holiness, we focus on ourselves. We have a higher standard for ourselves than we do for other people. So I should be holding myself to a higher standard than I would you. Rosie. So in my walk with Christ, in my obedience to the scriptures, I should have a really strict or strong um, standard for myself and a a very loose standard for you. Now, as a brother, I definitely, you know, we grow, like you and I have known each other for long enough now, I could, if there was something weird, I could actually come to you and call you out on it. And likewise, you could, me, right? And we'd probably be okay with it because we've earned that place with each other's lives. Um, but when it comes to people just in general, like, I think it's uh, the better. And, and I think what Jesus meant when he said, like, carry about the log in your own eye before you worry about the splinter and, you know, your neighbor's eye, you know, uh, that's basically the emphasis of what I'm trying to say is that when we get that mixed up and we begin to look at other people and we're basing the fruit inspection, look, they may not have a lot of fruit and there's a lot of reasons for that, but it's, there's still the tree. Right? <laughs> and John 15 says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. It's this whole, I'm grafted into the root. So Jesus was saying, the people that we're examining as a fruit inspector are people that are still in the kingdom. Like it's mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. They're in the orchard. They're one of the trees that are going to bear fruit. They may not bear a lot of fruit for various reasons. It could be a sinful issue. It could be a rebellion. It could be an issue of brokenness where they're just, they have some kind of sickness, disease spiritually, you know, where they're, they're just not healthy. They're not bearing the fruit because of some other issue. But that's what I love about grace is that their salvation isn't hinged on that, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of people also confuse the reward system in heaven hmm. when we get there to see God. You know, there's five crowns that are mentioned that we will have the opportunity through this life to receive. 
and there are various crowns. Some are on the evangelism, some of them are on faithfulness, some of them are on dealing with persecution and hardships, and you receive these crowns of life, and crown. they're, they're all different, we could do a whole podcast on those if you wanted some other time, but those are the ones that when we get before the Lord, we're going to throw at his feet. Those are the things that, that the reward that's given at the end of this life, but it doesn't base on your salvation. And those that only have one crown, or maybe some with no crowns, although you all we all have the crown of righteousness, right, you know, because of Christ, but those that have the one crown and they cast it at his feet, they're not going to be looked down upon in the heavenlies by the other, you know, inhabitants of heaven because of that. Because Christ is the ultimate, that's why we're casting the crowns at his feet. He gets, he gets all, all the, the glory. All the glory, yeah. right, yeah. So... I, I guess um, for me personally, like I have an axe that I like that I don't want to say an axe to grind, but I, there's some pet peeves I have spiritually. And one of them is when someone lacks the grace and they just stand in judgment over other people so harshly. Um, and and you wonder like how many free passes are they giving themselves in their own life versus how they just stand in judgment over that other person or even in their heart, they just they may not say it, but they think it. And they withhold that person from really uh, being accepted the way Christ accepted them. You know what I mean? And um, so it's a real dangerous thing. And yeah. and we kind of push that onto people. And I know as a youth pastor before I was a, like I was, I started off as a youth pastor. So there was this tendency to want to see the kids' lives that I was pastoring line up with the Bible yeah. and exp- like with maturity and all of that, um, maybe quicker than they were actually willing or ready to um, live out, you know? Um, you can't expect a sapling to bear fruit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just can't. And so it took some time for me to understand there's still immaturity. There's still lack of understanding. And some kids were more mature in eighth grade than other kids and had more wisdom, more understanding of the Bible than other kids, but they weren't any less saved or any more saved right? because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very important to, and maybe we almost kind of glossed over it, and I don't think we did, but just, uh, I was just thinking of like couching this talk is very much a we're talking to Christians right now. We're getting right. into it because we're, you know, they talk about presuppositions that we're, when we're now, now we're talking about this, that the fact that everyone's saved, right? But that's, that's the whole point is, uh, you know, the, we, and I think we both agree, this is another Calvinist point that I think we both agree on is that once saved, you're always saved. You can't, you know, right. we cannot be unplucked out of God's hand, right? Right. Just in the way that uh, because we miss the mark on anything, there is nothing, and God still accepts us. as Because he views it all, if you're, you know, by a millimeter or a mile, you cannot be with me. And that's all in one category. Right. There's no, because uh, Christians don't believe, as a Christian, that's how we believe it. It is black and white. The whole Bible is absolute truths. Mm-hmm. We, we, the truth proposition. There's no gray area with this in in that terms so, of right. you know you're you're only saved through Christ. That's it. And if you're saved, you're saved. If you're not saved, you're not saved. Yeah, you're either in or out. Right. 
And I was going to say, so much in the same way, and you had said this before, it, it's very good. Uh, the You can have a saved soul, but a wasted life. So much in the same way that, uh, yeah, you can go around and uh, what you're talking about calling us each other out on and we hold each other accountable is, that, you know, maybe this is diving into a different kind of topic, but I was thinking of, the whole idea that, uh, you know, much in the same way that we can't do anything to be good enough to do it, there is nothing that we can sin, you know, so far that, like, Jesus didn't, his blood did not cover. We cannot be so bad as to lose our salvation if we did, couldn't do anything to gain it because it is not given from us. There's no works. You know, it works in the opposite way, too. If we can't earn it. We can't lose it by our own actions, right? hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, maybe that's a different aspect to, to get into is like the whole idea of the, the works based thing, which is, uh, and, and maybe this will get me in hot water. I always say, I, I literally always preface this by saying, this is going to get me in hot water with all my Catholic friends. Right. <laughs> because, Everything I say is all like Catholic <laughs> friends. Right, yeah. Not everything, but it's like th they really do believe um, in a works-based theology. Well, they, I don't, some of them would say they don't. Right. Well, what the official doctrines of the Catholic Church there you go. is, believe, is that it is a works-based the theology. Um and they're not the only, like, they're not, it's, we're not just picking on Catholics. Jews are the same way. Yeah, Judaism. Uh, Judaism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's this even different, but that's how you get into this uh, whole thing of, because I was going to say there's a ethnic component to it that they believe that they're uh, saved through the lineage, which is not a works-based thing. But that is, you know, like Orthodox observant Jews it's this, and this uh, maybe this is a good example of transitioning to the, the grace first works thing is that uh, on the Sabbath, which is their Friday, Saturday, Saturday night, yeah, yeah. that they, uh, Shabbos, right? Uh, Shabbat, Shabbat, yeah. Shabbat, Shabbat, yeah, yeah. the, uh, I'm so bad, I can't, I can't keep all the <laughs> words all right. straight. No, yeah. Um, but you see, that's when they like, don't use electricity, right? And it, reducing God into this way. Like, they, well, they, there, there's all these... They, they do use electricity. They just don't turn off light switches. Well, and, they, they can't exert... It, it's... Right. I don't know enough to... It's crazy. The the law the, is... The law, yeah, because they're still following the law. So that's... When you get into these workspace things like that, they get into these... There's a whole market. There's an entire uh, commercialized market for... Specifically for Orthodox Jews mm -hmm. that, like, they can get around things. Right. In the law. So, like, they'll have, uh, we had this the refrigerator. My parents just went to the new place, and they have uh, Sabbath mode. Yes. It's built in. I think it's all the Samsung stuff. Yeah. That's, on the, I just noticed and, that online. Yeah, refrigerator. Yeah. yeah. And I was asking, so it's like at a certain time, you can set it so that the oven will turn on at a certain time so it can be hot enough so that they're not... Touching, pushing the button, yeah. Pushing the button to exert, to start something. They're, they have to literally rest. Yeah. So they can't do anything. They can't, you know, they'll get toilet paper that's already been 
you know, they don't have to Pulled break off. the toilet paper in part, you know, by this. And so this whole thing is this is where this is what Christians are not called to do by calling into account, you know, each other. Because when that happens, when we start saying, oh, well, you know, you're saved, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, you should be doing this, you're being like the Judea, the, the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, Pharisee, yeah. the Pharisees that are saying all these things about you have to keep the Sabbath and do all these things. And the whole thing about the, the, Jew, the, the Orthodox Jews when they do this, the whole market that is set up to these things is some very weird thing as if they're trying to trick God. That's the whole thing is like, well, I technically didn't turn on the oven, but my oven turned on and I had to do it anyways. Or they have, uh, they hire, the rich Jewish families actually hire. Um, oh, yeah. Non-Gentiles. Gentiles, they, Gentiles the, yeah. Uh, to come and do all the things that they need. So they're not doing anything. They're not, we're not cooking a dinner. This other person is cooking a dinner for us. Yep. And so they have these hiring out. But it, when you start seeing it, that, that's the biggest, like, just way that I can point to the difference between salvation, you know, grace versus works, is that that seems like, uh, I think I'm talking too much, but the, the whole thing is ridiculous, as if God is, like, looking down and he's like, hey, I told you not to rip that toilet paper apart. And he's like, oh, but you happened to, right? you bought the toilet paper that's already pre-cut. You got one over on me. Like, right. God doesn't think that way. And that is so insulting to me to think that that's the thing, that, like, oh, you're so smart, you can out-trick God on a technicality. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And it's just ridiculous. Like, that's that's not that, – that's what Old Testament stuff, right. aside from all these things, but – that's what Jesus came to abolish. Yeah. And that's the whole work of the cross. That's the whole throwaway. That is, we cannot do these actions to, because they do that so that they can be perfect and earn their grace. Yeah. Uh, earn salvation. For, yeah. Forgiveness of sins. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny you mentioned the whole Sabbath thing. And, um, and when I was in Israel, uh, 2015, I think it was 2016, somewhere in there, I, um, the, the, uh, on the Sabbath, at the hotel we were staying at, um, there was like we go down for breakfast, and the, the hotels we were staying at when we were we were touring. I went with the church. We were touring Israel, and the food's amazing. You get this great food, and um, then it's all you know. Every other day, it's down there. You know, you get there, and then on Sabbath day, on Saturday, we'd go down from our hotel room for breakfast, and it was like, it was like something. You'd, it was like going from this beautiful opulent fruit and all this other stuff to like the Hampton Inn, you know, <laughs> make your own waffles. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Yeah. Like, and, uh, it was basically essentially that something like that. And then, um, but all the people, all the people that were working there were like the Muslims and the yeah. Gentiles that didn't, didn't honor that Sabbath day the way they did. And, um, it just was really interesting how different it was. And even like the elevators would stop on every floor. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you, you kind of had to, endure that you know because they're not allowed to push the button but um what i was going to tell you is one time i even did a sermon series back when i was a youth pastor and i remember doing research on just the law like a woman's not allowed to like pick a gray hair pluck a gray hair if she's looking in the mirror it's like she's not supposed to do that and there was even a thing in there like if a deer gets into your house yeah somehow that you <laughs> you're not allowed to like chase it out or, you know, it's just supposed to wreck shop in your house. Right. And yeah. Tear it up. Um, 
And that's just absurdity. Yeah. Like those things are absurd. And and peop- I know that there's probably Orthodox Jews that would listen to that and say, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. But the, the truth is, is that God exerted all of those judgments on Christ on the cross. And when you talk about the Sabbath rest, like that's the biggest thing that the Jews were told to keep holy. Like always remember the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was made for man. It was a, a, a day of rest, a day of restoration, and to reflect on your relationship with God. All of those things. It was what God did in Genesis on the seventh day. He rested so that from all of his work, right? So he instituted a Sabbath for us. And Jesus himself said, I've become the Sabbath. So it's not about a particular day. In fact, Paul in Galatians talks about celebrating specific days and moons and calendars and all these things. It's not about that any longer. Jesus is actually our Sabbath. So now we recognize Christ. And somewhere in around 300, not even that, it was probably earlier than that. It was, might have been within the first hundred years after Christ rose from the dead. They, the Christians moved the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday because that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. That was the resurrection day. And so they wanted to remember the resurrection, which was the power of their salvation because God had put the sacrifice on Christ for all the sins and exerted his grace on humanity through Christ being judged. And he proved that that worked by raising from the dead on Sunday. So, you know, even there's Christians who celebrate on Saturday and they honor the Sabbath and all that. Like, I'm totally, like, I know Rachel, she on the podcast, her and her husband, they, that gets a priority for their family. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But my point is, is that it's been fulfilled. The Sabbath, the Sabbath commandment was fulfilled even in Christ. Every commandment of God was fulfilled in Christ when he lived his life perfectly and was sacrificed for us. Yeah. You know, that, that brought up a couple different thoughts. Um, one of them was, uh, that's interesting. I, it's one of those things like uh, just the allegory of Christ saying, uh, I am the Sabbath. Like what he, in, in more ways, th- this just hit me that uh, what he's saying is you find your rest in me as well. Right. Yeah. Like. He, well, he literally said that. Right. All you who are weary, who downtrodden were, right. come to me and you'll find rest for your souls, you know. Yeah, but I just love that, uh, the way that he phrased, you know, that, that I am the Sabbath, that uh, all that encompasses that too. I was thinking of, uh, oh crap, as soon as I started talking about it, I'm going to forget it. Um, oh, the, <laughs> the biggest thing is that like the, 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 the reason for, correct me if I'm wrong, hop in here, is that the whole reason for all these laws that God gave, because there are, you know, Deuteronomy, right? There's all Leviticus. There are yeah. these laws that are from the Old Testament that Orthodox Jews follow. And, you know, they're, they're without going into, you know, the dear one, that's probably from the Talmud when they're just discussing all the, the what, it, what, what actually is work and all that's how we get all these crazy things like that. Um, is you know that just reminded me you know like the farmers uh car insurance company yeah where like the whole like premise is like oh you got a chipmunk you know that got stuck <laughs> in the radiator it's like we had that happen that sounds like what a deer like that 
like <laughs> you know, it had to have happened at some it point. It happened at one point and then right. they like call the rabbis and then the rabbis like, "Yeah, you can't do that." So now it's this crazy law. That's how these laws work everywhere. But that's like it's actually how it works today too with yeah, our Yeah, I was going to say our... the whole yeah. Um but the whole point of all these laws back then was to prove to the pe- the the Israelites, the Jews back then, God is saying, "Look, you can't even keep all my laws straight." It's to prove like that was a that was a thing that was for self-reflection upon themselves so that they can see how just imperfect they are. Right. And yeah. how in need of God they are. Right. And uh, I was going to say that uh, much like in, in this was triggered by what you said about Jesus rising from the dead is that um, it's interesting. So the idea of sacrifices, this is where I was thinking about this is. Because that, so why do the Orthodox Jews still do this besides tradition? But like a big thing of that is because they're no longer able to sacrifice, have a sacrifice. So I was going to say maybe this is a little bit of uh, apologetics or to Christians if you're dealing with a Jew, right? Or Jewish people that do need to be like evangelized. Evangelized. They're very much so. And Catholics do the same thing. But I guess I'm just on this. Old Testament kick right now <laughs> is uh, they they that's why they go to the, all these extreme measures because they're not able to actually have this the sacrifice that they can't do because they can't do it. they don't have a temple anymore right so that's why they stick to like literally all of these and there's no gray spot in between with them and uh, and I was gonna say that's just exhausting at one of all but that's yeah. the whole thing of what you said about God's sacrifice christ sacrifices he is like he came you know once for all the sins and removed he was the ultimate sacrifice that's why i don't want to say that's why there's no more sacrifices but that's why christians didn't continue the sacrifice of we didn't have the priest to go down and you know put all our transgressions on symbolically some pure animal christ was that right um but those that are stuck in, they can't see that, you know? But it, I'm just saying, like, just the absurdity of they literally can't do that anymore because Christ came and did it. Like, so it should be. What you're saying right now is huge. Yes. This is why. When you move away from Christ being enough, you move into yourself being trying to make it. Right. So when you, whenever you move away from the grace that God's provided through Christ, you're moving into a self, a self, I'm, I'm depending on me, my goodness, my holiness, my righteousness, my, my holding the law that good, and that's where the mistake comes, because we never will. We're born apart from it, and and Paul in him, Paul even said the Apostle Paul, and this is why the Apostle Paul is probably hated by most Jews, mm-hmm. is because of the fact that he says all my righteousness are filthy rags. And what that means is all of my efforts, my works, are as menstrual rags. That's the, the literal translation was menstrual rags. So a woman on her periods, the yeah, you got it, you get it. And so he's saying all of my righteousness. And Paul was like a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a Jew of Jews. He was like born from Benjamin. You know, he was in the tribe of Benjamin. He was like this this guy who by his, he even says like by my own rights I can brag. 
But he said, all of my righteousness comes to nothing. It's worse than the worst. And now one, one thing you have to understand about uh, in the law, for the Jewish law, when because Paul gives this illusion of menstrual rags. He gives this image of menstrual rags, right? Mm-hmm. And the New Testament has been cleaned up by some of our translators, and I kind of wish they'd leave it in there. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't need my kids coming to me when they're little going, Daddy, what does menstrual rags <laughs> yeah. mean? <laughs> but... Uh, but this is the thing is that they couldn't in the law you couldn't even have sex with your wife when she was on her period it was considered unclean and they couldn't be in the temple couldn't be in the temple there's so much stuff around it was like a yeah and like they wouldn't even touch Mm -hmm. it was that bad that's how badly they looked at it right that's how they looked at it right so think about that think of what paul is actually saying he's like all of my righteousness is is worse than that and it's unclean as well it's yeah idea. it's yeah. insufficient yeah it's totally it's actually it's something that is a, a, abhorrent to god so my effort to try and get saved and my imposition on another person to live a certain way so that they can find salvation is useless it's actually a stench to the lord and he he says you don't need to look to yourself you can't do it look to what i've provided i provided jesus for the grace of God, Jesus has been sent so that you can have salvation. And that's why I love it because, and this is why the eternal security for the saint is so important to me because my salvation is held in Christ, what he did, not what I did. So unless he fails, which won't happen, he's, he's at the right hand of the Father right now, he's lived forever living, and he's going to come back. Unless he fails, my salvation is secure. So if Christ fails, then my salvation fails. And Paul said that. He's like, if Christ wouldn't have risen from the dead, our faith is futile and we should be pitied the most among all men. Yeah. But he didn't. He rose from the dead. So now we should be championed because of our faith in Christ, because of what Christ did. And here's the biggest thing. When I understand the grace that God's given, Paul does this in Corinthians. He has this great verse. He says, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So when I understand what God has put upon Christ, all of my trash garbage, my menstrual rags, upon Christ on the cross, for my sake to be forgiven, I see how much he loved me. That turns my heart and to recognize how much he loves me, what he's done for me that I don't deserve. And it, it really softens me and changes me to be a person who wants to recognize God's kindness to me and then turn away from the things that would offend him. So it's a true heart change. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing about the fruits. It, it ties into the fruits. It's, it's you know, uh, the those things, like, we don't... I was going to say there's twofold things. A, there's the, the which is just an underlying th- uh, quality about God, is that... Uh, when you know like the the reddit you know like fedora atheist person is like oh yeah you know (laughs) god wants you to you know you have all these like this rule book like even new christians because they're talking about christians they're like you have all these rule books you can't curse you can't like you know have sex you know like all that stuff like what who is it hurting you know like these things yeah or these things that are good or you, you know these things that we would say uh uh, are of the world, right? 
uh, a thing that we strive to not be. We 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 are set aside. We, we we strive to be different by not engaging in these things. Like even though set it, apart, right? Yeah, right. But the thing of like, why do we watch our mouths and try not to curse, or you know, these things are why? Here's a good question. Any like the the fruits and the things that uh, are easily set us apart in the sense of like. Uh, I actually had this when I started at my new the job I'm at now. My uh, my boss ap- apologized early on, and he was like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I just have like a bad mouth at times." And he and he, he came up to me and said that to me, like <laughs> out of I'm not sure. And is it the thing I was like, "Oh, why would you think that would offend me?" And he's like, "Well, you just don't curse." Oh uh, yeah. And why do I not curse at work? It's not like something that is. I'm necessarily conscious of, but it, it's it's just those kind of things that, like, when people don't curse, or if, if I see someone else that doesn't curse all the time, like, just in public, I'm like, uh, you know, he might be a Christian, too. Right. Like, those kind of things that set us apart enough that are pretty good indications that someone is a Christian, or to be charitable, Religious in general, maybe. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's Muslims that don't curse, and blah blah blah. Um, but those things that we do, it, it, it's not because, like, if we do curse, we're not going to be saved, and it's not like a thing. Uh, it's because it does grieve the Lord, and so we want, like, what you were talking about. This is the whole point I was getting at: is we don't do these things uh, and shape our lives to more be like Christ. Um, to get some sort of superiority over other people, because that's that's uh, that's a sin on its own. Right. I'm trying to do these things, and that's what the the, the Pharisees did. Is we're so much better because we do all these things. Right. The whole thing is, we try to shape our lives and emulate Christ, how Christ lived a, a perfect, sinless life, knowing that we're not going to be perfect, but we do it because the sin is so much that we recognize just how much we do. So we try our best to not grieve god that's what it is it's a it's a showing of our appreciation for it for the grace that we are given to try to live according to his will and i was going to say that that's the one the biggest thing and the second thing is like about the reddit atheist thing i was saying about the rules and all that is even though there's that heart thing of we want to do this like you know uh I want to be nice to you because you're my friend. I don't want to make you like sad or whatever. Like there's things that compel me when I care about somebody. But aside from all that is God sets down these like things because that's how the best thing it is. Like it's better for us to not engage in premarital sex for multiple reasons. Not because God's a prude and said, you can't have sex like that. Right. right. It's because there's so much deeper stuff. I, I that's flash. He made sex. Right. He's into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's. I mean, in 2022, that's like that's what it's all been. Everything's just about sex. So that's the best example. Like. Right. Uh, so it's not a you know there's all this other stuff, but it's not just we don't do it because it actually is harmful to us, but it's also we obey God because we know that it pains him so much and he's already done like he's already covered that and when you're in that relationship and really take into account what you had said so well you know our menstrual right like that's it's so gross to think about that we're literally like and i'm not you saying this 
to be a fruit inspector and browbeat anybody, but it's like, that's what we're throwing on Christ when yeah. he was on the cross. It's like, here, this is that too. And we're just piling it on. Yeah. And he's just taking it, you know, and uh, because he loves us so much. So by following these things, we're, you, you're, we're compelled by the Holy Spirit because we would still, if I wasn't saved and I didn't have this innate thing to care about him, I would just be keep throwing them everywhere. Right. You know? That's human nature is just keep piling them on. Um, when you view it like that, it's the, the love that we have from the understanding of grace that you want to throw less menstrual rags on God. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul, Paul says, uh, he warns the church, he says, don't abuse the grace of God as an excuse to sin. Yeah. In other words, knowing that you're forgiven, it doesn't give you free license to live any way you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so I think there is a, a bit of a fine line there that, to follow. But my thing is this, is that religious people, and this includes like the Pharisees, and, but in particular I'm thinking of Christians that are religious people. When I say religious, I'm thinking of people who, um, who have a real hard time with the concept of um, Christians that might curse or might vape. Or might might have a beer every <laughs> once in beer, a while, yeah. drink beer, or even al- like harder alcohol, scotch or wine. Um, Christians who have a hard time with with people who dance, with people that confess to be Christians who dance. You know, they have they get their panties in a wad over those type of things, and we all know people like that. Um, they're they're not they're not living in that that state of of understanding that they've been forgiven much, that, that God has bestowed grace, and they're extending that same grace to their fellow believers. They're living in a, like, if you really loved God, you would do this. Mm-hmm. And that's and the, the subtlety of that. This is what really bothers me, is there's subtlety in that of, religious, of religiousness that actually moves away from grace and into works. Mm-hmm. If you really loved God, you would live this way. You wouldn't do this if you really loved him. Well, that's manipulation, and that is not grace. That is not how God works. He doesn't manipulate us. He gives you the gift. He says, I give you this because I love you, and you absolutely don't deserve this. And then he, st- he stands back. And you can receive it or reject it. If you receive it, then, then you get that free gift, and now you get to recognize his love because it ever stands before you. That, that gift of salvation has been given to you on the cross, and it stands before you. So now you understand his kindness to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and the the more you walk in it, you know, the the more you understand it. But here, I do like to say this. I do like to tell people like my kids things like, make your life one that is easy for God to bless. Mm. You know, live your life in such a way that it's easy for God to bless you. Don't make it more a challenge for God to bless you because you stand in rebellion to him or you're resisting his way or you're, you know, you're walking in the flesh um, to the point of where the spirit is just quenched, you know, live in a, live your life in such a way that when at the end of the day, God's not looking for ways that he can, has to like twist his own right. <laughs> to try and find a way to bless you. You know, we all want God's blessings. So th- that there's that part of it too, but that's also still not manipulation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's responsibility and living up to the standard that, you know, the word of God has. And so, but just remember that We've all fallen short of the glory of God, all of us. And so 
no matter, you'll never have that day where you are living so close to Jesus and so perfectly that there is no need for Christ. Right. It'll never happen. Like, it will not happen. So that's the, that's the part. Religious people hate, they, they really ultimately hate grace. Yeah. They do. And, and I, they're judgy, pudgy people, and they bug the crap out of me. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, like, they repulse me because I need that forgiveness. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. And the last thing I want to do is start standing in judgment over these type of people. You know, I just don't. Now, there are standards for certain roles. For instance, pastors are held to a higher standard in their life. They're supposed to live beyond reproach and have, you know, husband of one wife. Like, there's these criteria. But I'm not talking about roles in the church. I'm talking about the believer, just the standard everyday believer, which, by the way, the roles in the church, the pastors and them fall in that as well. Yeah. (laughs) They fall in that first. Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah, religious people just, they don't like grace. Yeah. They struggle with it. Yeah. And it's funny because Jesus who, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, 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 I was just going to say, if anyone is having issue with the, the word religious, legalist. They, that's probably a better word. Yeah, yeah. Legal, people of legalism. Legalism. Yeah. I mean, I you know there was a a guy I knew, and uh, I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not. I have no idea. But but um, he uh, was from a, a very um, legalistic church background, and one day he showed up to serve at the church, and they they said they needed help with mowing the grass at the church, and he showed up in a pair of shorts to mow the grass and they said no you can't you can't wear shorts to mow the grass you need pants you need to put some pants on <laughs> like a guy he's a dude yeah like a dude's dude you know and he so imagine that for just a minute this guy shows up to serve the church to mow the grass to help the help that church save money from paying a lawn company or or somebody else doing it he's going to use his free time he shows up in a pair of shorts to mow the grass and I don't think they were like, you know, booty shorts or something. Yeah. Okay. Because I know this dude. He's not like that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, thanks for coming, but you, you need to go put some pants on if you're going to. We can't have you seen walking around the church property with a pair of shorts on in August when it's 90 degrees right. when you're doing physical labor like mowing grass. Yeah. That's just legalism gone wrong. You know what I mean? It's just that those are the type of things that that infuriate me. Yeah. Like, whoever made that rule, whoever made that decision, and, like, they could have turned that guy away. Yeah. You know, they could have turned him away. He, he would have been like, I don't want this. That's the fedora hat le- atheist. Yeah. This is how you guys are. And sadly, those are the things that stick out in people's memories. Right. But then you have Jesus, who gathers around him a, a guy who was a fisherman, a guy who was a tax collector. Mm-hmm. If you really want to know... Just go look at what tax, how tax collectors were respected right. by the Jews because they were actually turncoats. Yeah. If you were a Jew, which all of Jesus' disciples were, then you have, and you're a tax collector, you were actually working for the Roman Empire, collecting money from your brothers and your family to give to the Roman Empire, which they didn't believe they should have been occupying their territory anyways. Right. So they were very low respect. Yeah. And this is who Jesus was like entrusting the new kingdom of God to be right. open, to up to turn over around the world. Yeah. So that's very not legal. 
that's very not legalistic. Yeah, I, I was thinking about uh, the same thing uh, along the, the lines of, uh, I don't know, this just, just stuck out to me. The story reminded, I mean, I don't want to say it's so cliche because it is, but much in the same way of like the, the when, when, you know, because what you're saying is like Jesus chose to be around people who are like the lowest of the low that were uh, seen by the, you know, quote unquote, religious legalist people and, you know, like the sinners, or, you know, like all these people are imperfect. And, you know, I'm sure there is a lot of. Uh, I don't want to say a lot. I'm not going to say that comment anymore. I was going to say that. Looking back, they were probably like, oh, I wish you would have picked why I'm so much better than that apostle, you know, like one of 12, but probably didn't, um, they probably didn't do that because they crucified him. But, um, <laughs> well, they, it, yeah, they definitely ridiculed his disciples. Right. But I, I was thinking of the whole thing about, uh, in, in speaking with grace is, you know, Jesus collected all these people, the, you know, the sinners and the low people and doing all this stuff to people and you know he he hung out with prostitutes and he hung out with like all these other people and i just want to reiterate the whole thing about like the woman at the well right mm -hmm. or not, not the well the uh the uh caught in the, adultery the, the other one yeah the other one the older adulterous woman <laughs> uh that uh you know he didn't just say like hey it's cool that you're adulterous and like i told all these people not that's perfect the grace versus uh uh legalism legalism yeah. is he didn't just tell her like hey good you're good like i just saved you from being killed but he also said don't do it anymore you know the right. change right is so the same thing much in the way of again not being a legalist in the sense of like you can't do anything and not abusing the good grace and not doing these things uh, i just think of this term where it's like christians can get stuck uh i've there's you know i, I think every christian can relate to this i can definitely relate to it is that there's sins that like just come out of nowhere and then all of a sudden i've struggled like things i never struggled with before and all of a sudden for like a season you know all of a sudden i'm like wow i i never would i'm using examples because i don't want to tell you people everything but uh <laughs> i don't I, you know there's anger or something like that or right. all of a sudden i'm like why am i getting so angry all the time or you know jealousy or just any pick anyone uh pick any some sin that comes up and uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere and the whole thing is that the, our whole life we're going to be struggling against sin our sin nature even though we're saved and i was going to say that's this other kind of feudalism uh defeatism not feudalism <laughs> fatalism <laughs> uh aspect of like you know you know the the you know saying like i'm covered by grace so i'm gonna go do this stuff um there's also like the fatalist view that uh to just give up during a struggle because you are safe so it, you know one lets you off the hook and the other can be used as a crutch to just keep indulging in it like one i see as in mm -hmm. like oh well i'm saved anyway so i'm going to enjoy the stuff and the other one is like i'm just struggling with this 
but like it doesn't really matter so i'm not going to struggle that hard i don't know if, do, does that distinction make any difference to you like the the motive kind of thinking behind it yes maybe not but um, um i'm probably not explaining it as well as it makes sense in my head but uh just the whole thing i was just going to say I, I love this term when they just or not term but a phrase where it's just struggle well you know we're going to struggle with sin our whole life that is going to be unavoidable but to still struggle like just because it like it doesn't i don't want to say it doesn't matter because we're covered under grace but like th there should be still like some thing that you know there may be stuff that we struggle with our entire life and we will just continuously sin in one area thing right that just will pop that's what i was getting at pop in pop out pop in pop out just you know may never struggle with it and then i'm going to struggle with it for the last 20 years of my life yeah or i struggled with something for 10 years and then i stopped or now it's every five years it pops up for a year you know whatever is to still struggle through it and struggle well like fight against it even if like we can say like yeah this is grace i don't need to work on it it's just going to go away right yeah no i and and that's the thing is like so and we're talking about soteriology, like how is a person saved? And then yeah. after they're saved, what, where do they stand in position to God? Yeah. So two things that happened in a believer's life is when they're saved, they, they are uh, positionally, they're placed in, they are justified before God so that they are uh, stand before God blameless. So they're justified in their life they're declared sinless because of the work of Christ and they're robed in Christ's righteousness so when Christ when God looks at them they see he sees the reflection of Christ not the sinner and so they're justified but then they're also sanctified mm -hmm. and both of those things are declared so sanctified means completely set apart holy clean you're a vessel for God but both of those things are declarations of of the will be and the becoming so in other words, I will be completely justified, and I am completely, I should say, I am completely justified when, I, at, when I'm born again. I am completely sanctified when I'm born again. But there's a working out of that salvation. It's a sanctification process that happens in the life of a believer. And that's the, the sanctification process is the idea of becoming more like Christ, where the Holy Spirit is in you now, and it's working out the bad and working in the good. And so, and Paul declares, like, many places in Scripture, he talks about, like, like, I remember specifically where he says, you haven't struggled in sin up to the point of blood. Yeah. Like, he's like, fight against this stuff, you know, use every method you can to resist it, you know, and, and lean on the Lord first, but then also do your part. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to, like, what I was saying before about, like, put yourself in a position where God... Yeah can bless you. And so some of it is like just, you know, discipline uh, in your life, um, you know, taking the measures that you need to take. I mean, Jesus is like, hey, um, in, when it comes to sin, like if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You know, that's a pretty strong warning, and it's not to be ignored because of grace, you know, and because we want to get there, we want to get to heaven, and we want to be that not wasted you know that saved saved soul but wasted life we don't want that yeah you know we want it to count for something but still grace abounds all the more because god knows that he's dealing with clay vessels paul also says we're just jars of clay yeah. we're super fragile 
we're really nothing to boast about. Like on our best day, we basically sat pretty, but we weren't used for anything. You know what I mean? Like necessarily, you know what I mean? And even if you are being used as a believer, like maybe God's using you to share the gospel with people. Maybe he's using you to build his church. Maybe there's something there that you can boast about from an earthly standpoint. It's still nothing. It's all God. Yeah. It's all God. And so when we lose sight of that, that's when when we usually fall into sin anyways, pride and arrogance and that yeah. kind of stuff. But also too, um, we, you know, we lose the, we lose the concept and the reality of grace to help us in our struggle because Paul does say, he says, look, when, uh, if you're struggling with a sin, there's no temptation that's, that's seized you. That's not common to man. And when you are tempted, call out to God because he provides a way out. I like to say when sin comes in the front door, God opens up the back door. So yeah. we can run out, you know, you can get out of it. But, um, but yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And it's a big concept, isn't yeah. it? It literally, yeah. it literally wraps around all of Christian theology. Yeah. Like grace is, is an important doctrine. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it would do good for the church to focus on it more. I think it would do good for the church. In the right way. In the right way. Yeah. yeah. Starting with the you know, this overwhelming grace of, of general grace, but then also this salvation grace that God offers through Christ. And, and it's really just turning our eyes back to Jesus. Yeah. Like always, that's what it always, that's what it always ends up being. Yeah. You know, I've looked away from the Lord at some level, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, it's a, it's a great, great topic. Great. Yeah. But um, anyways, so there you go. (laughs) <laughs> they still they still got an hour. You still gave you an hour. Yeah, on top of the twenty minutes of talking. That's true. I totally forgot about the. Uh, <laughs> I was like looking at the clock here, going, "Oh, it's been an hour and twenty minutes." But um, we we basically chewed the fat on our private podcast episodes. There you uh, go. Yeah, for twenty minutes. So and you got three. Got three. Did you know? Three did you know? Yeah, yeah, that was they got bang for their buck th- yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Well, it was a great episode, Rosie. I appreciate I did, yeah. you know you thinking of that and bringing that up. It was fun. It's fun to get a little bit back more into theology. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm going to my roots. Yeah. Back to my roots. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, listen, I just want to say, too, uh, in the spirit of grace, thank you to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank you to any, everyone who's supported us over the years and, and just who's listening now. And uh, we just give thanks to you for uh, giving us the time in your life. And uh, we just pray you're blessed by this. Yeah. So that's it. And you're all beautiful. <laughs> in your own way. High, physically in... attractive. <laughs> only the most attractive, beautiful people <laughs> listen to this podcast. I, I have heard that most people that listen to All Out War are stunningly beautiful. It's true. Handsome, gorgeous. I've heard that. <laughs> It's not because of us. No. Because I know what I look like. I I was going to say, nobody listening knows what I look like. No one knows, yeah. You can attest I'm pretty ugly. I would say, I wouldn't say pretty ugly. I, I would... Monsterably ugly. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm going just, there. Yet. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> yeah. But you, you are still single, so there's a chance. Sing, all the single yeah. ladies. Rosie's still single. Come on. Oh, God. When we find you a wife through the podcast, that's when we finish the podcast. <laughs> We're done. Right. Dude, that's going to make sure that n- now nobody is ever going to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like, they're going to email like, oh. me. 
hey, what's Rosie's number? I, I'm interested. And you'll be getting catfished. Just to end the podcast? Right. People hear that. They're yeah. like, we can't handle this anymore. They'll like hire some some chick to like reach out to you and find you and then. And then you'll, you'll see me like waking up in a hospital bed. My kidneys are stolen. <laughs> calling you. Hey, where's that? Someone stole my wallet. I don't You're have like, any kidneys. I'm in Mexico, man. I'm in Mexico. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Damn it, Rosie. Now we got to keep doing the podcast. Yeah. You know, you can just unsubscribe. You don't have to catfish <laughs> me and steal me, take me to Mexico to just harvest my kidneys uh, or my organs. That, that just, really went really sideways unsubscribe. fast. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Anyways. Well, we'll catch you next time. See you. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWcast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.